Are you guys ready to record this whole thing all over again? <laughs> I didn't care for it. I didn't buy it. That, that seems pretty ridiculous. I don't even want to think about the possibility of you having your dick out. Yikes. This is the most important thing in the universe. What happened to it? I, I, I don't know. I needed to suck in absolutely every moment of awesomeness. Yeah. Welcome back to the Geek Legacy Podcast, where we talk about everything in the realm of the entertainment news. Uh, so long as it falls under the geeky umbrella. I'm Justin Cavett. With me as always, Mr. Randy Van Dyke. How are you doing today? I am fabulous, and I just happen to be a purveyor of fine geeky umbrellas. Ooh, I like that. David is a purveyor of fine geeky swords, and he's going to 3D print me one, and then you're going to have to paint it because I suck at project. <laughs> I will commission. I will give you five dollars USD to paint my sword. Don't I will forget, give you five forget the sanding not to too. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll, I'll sand it for you. How about that? I'll help. It's <laughs> shaking bacon. Go. I helped. <laughs> the sand, the sanding is the hardest part. That's okay. I'll do. I'll. I'll. I will. You know, take one for the team, and I'll sand it. How about oh, okay. <laughs> David, how the heck are you? I am incredible. I. Uh... I uh, yeah, I'm in a good place. I finally got my my 3D printing stuff back up and running. So, 3D printing a proton pack right now. Uh, oh shit! It's I think it's far enough away so you can't hear it. Uh, one of the dads and scouts is also going to do one. Uh, so uh, so we, we we're gonna see how 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 hard it is. Uh, we're gonna try a couple new techniques, uh, and if we can if we can minimize the sanding and painting, we're both gonna print a second one, uh, and then four of us will be Ghostbusters for Halloween. So. It had like eight million things to print, but they're all like little things. Um, so it looks like looks to be a pretty easy build. And the good thing about the Ghostbusters proton packs is they're kind of meant to be ugly. <laughs> they're meant to meant to look like someone in a basement just kind of threw it all together. So uh, I, I, I well, I'll definitely want to sand out as much of the lines as possible. Uh, it doesn't have to be perfect, like you know, like the Mandalorian helmet. You know, that has to be like smooth and shiny. Right. It is I mean, you have two months. Is that enough time? Uh, I mean, you know, it'll probably take about you know about a week to print. You know, just because you know, I'll, I'll set stuff to print when I'm asleep and when I'm at work and stuff like that. Um, maybe maybe less, maybe like four or five days, uh, and then it just depends on when it comes out hard is to sand it. What a lot of people are doing now is because there's you know there's filament printers and there's resin printers, and resin prints really smooth. And so what some people have filament printers are doing is they're buying the resin and they're actually like painting their 3d prints with resin and then curing it uh and uh it, it's getting some real smooth smooth lines and stuff like that so uh my buddy he's he's been experimenting with that and so he's we're gonna try that with the proton pack uh and if that works you know that'll be kind of a game changer Ooh, i like game changers i know you do have you tried printing multiple printers so you could make multiple parts at once <laughs> i did almost buy a second printer uh, there was uh, someone had hit me up on Twitter saying that there was this like crazy sale at uh, Micro <laughs> Center or something truck. like that. <laughs> well, it was so Micro Center had them on sale for like uh, like one seventy nine, and then you got like a hundred dollars off. So it was gonna be like seventy nine bucks, and I'm like seventy nine bucks. I'll get a, I'll get a second one and just <laughs> print like crazy. Uh, but by the time I had saw the message and went to Micro Center, the uh, the promotion had since ended, and it was sad. That is sad. Yeah. That's okay. I didn't need a second one. Uh, if I get a second one, I want to get a resin printer. They just unveiled the. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry to sound like Randy in the fucking Razor Crest here. <laughs> <laughs> the Elegoo, you know, they're the ones who make the resin printers that I want. And the problem with the resin printers is they have such a, a small build plate, and so you can only build like really small things at a time. So like, 
the Elego Mars, which is the real popular one right now, it's build plates about the size of like your cell phone. So you couldn't build anything wider than your cell phone. And since I want to do like armor and helmets and stuff like that, you know, uh, uh, it, that one didn't really work. But they just announced, or not just announced, but they're just uh, doing pre-orders now for it's called the uh, the Elegoo Jupiter, uh, and it's got a huge build plate, but it's like six hundred bucks, and I'm not mm. I'm not at that point to where I'm willing to spend six hundred bucks on this hobby. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I'll have to build a couple more helmets first. <laughs> One big difference between the uh, the resin printers and the filament printers, too, is you're going to have to make sure that you have really good ventilation because those resin ones, the fumes are noxious from that yeah, resin. Yeah, that, that's one of the good... Elgo's doing a good job, though, with like the charcoal filters now, and they sell this like eco-friendly resin, which is still, you know, it's still pretty toxic, so you shouldn't be inhaling it. But yeah, it's... Uh, uh, resin is definitely a, like, a process. You know, you don't have to sand because everything comes out, like, crystal smooth. Uh, but yeah, you got to... As soon as it comes out, it's you know it's super delicate, so you have to you have to you have to wash it off in isopropyl alcohol. Then you got to cure it either with sunlight or with like a UV light, uh, and then at that point, then you can actually handle it. But up until the point where it's cured, you can't hand, you can't touch it with your bare hands because it's you know it's toxic and it'll burn you. You can't can't get into that on you and stuff like that. So it's a it's it's, it's a real sticky wicket. Huh. Sounds amazing. <laughs> well, speaking speaking of Randy and uh, and Star Wars toys, uh, what do you think is going to happen on uh, on the eighth for that? What do you think Hasbro is going? You think Hasbro is going to announce anything cool during their uh, their thing on the eighth? Yeah, the fan event, the fan live stream, uh, fan first Friday or whatever, or Wednesday, yeah. Monday, whatever the fuck day of the week it is. Um, well, everybody's hoping that uh, because there has been pretty much radio silence as far as the Razor Crest is concerned, that they're going to uh, give us some update picks, maybe show us the packaging, uh, maybe drop a release date on when they're going to start shipping. But with all of the, and you guys are very aware of this working in the toy business, um, with all of the shipping problems um, coming out of, uh, well, really all over the world, um, it's just slowing everything down to a snail's pace. So. Uh, a lot of people in the collecting groups online are really starting to question whether we're going to be able to get them by the end of this year at all. So um, their their silence has been pretty pretty stunning. So we're hoping yeah, just ship, to shipping break delays the are, are no joke. Like we had someone because you know, we track obviously the ships in the port and stuff like that. And there's there's an abnormally large amount of ships in port to where one of uh, one of the people who reports on he had a buddy who's actually a pilot, and because no one was believing him in his business that it was a port problem. He flew over the port, and all it just like it's like a traffic jam of like ships. It was it was uh, it was uh, it was very cool to see because we get a lot of snapshots and pictures uh, like satellite photos, and we get like uh, you know, people that take pictures from the actual dock. But to see this guy just in a little single seat plane, just like flying over with his camera, just taking taking video, um, yeah, I, I, I I'm I'm shocked that we haven't seen more delays for Haslab or any like announcements yet because. When is the sen- do you remember when the Sentinel was supposed to ship? Was that like September, October? I think it's all fall. I think everything was uh, yeah. everything uh, the the Sentinel, the the Razor Crest, and the Hero Quest game all said estimated shipping fall twenty twenty one. Oh, okay. And the only thing that I've got any kind of like email updates about was Hero Quest. I mean, granted, I didn't buy the Sentinel, so I don't know. But um, I, I, I do know from what I've seen with just with Hasbro's socials that um, they're at least talking about the Sentinel, acknowledging its existence. Um, and they've even uh, been talking about the, the Black Series Rancor um, HasLab project. And um, there, are no, there have been no pictures of that shown, to the best of my knowledge, yet. But, um, you know, they keep talking about new projects. But, you know, where's my Razor Crest? <laughs> 
Right. Yeah. Right. HeroQuest has been doing a pretty good job of updating. Like they have a an actual HeroQuest Twitter handle, and they've done this irritating thing where Zargon, who's the the antagonist in HeroQuest, has like taken over the Twitter channel. Uh, but every like fifth or sixth tweet, there'll actually be something of interest. Like you know, they'll have like a picture of uh, a figure that was built. So hopefully, that'll be a race to see if we get Razorcrest, HeroQuest, Razorcrest, HeroQuest, or the Sentinel first. Right. The yeah, they're all around first. the same time. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. And the they're all pretty close. First and then and then HeroQuest. Yeah, they were all right next to each other. So I would, I wonder when what, what's going to ship when. Yeah. I'm honestly not in that big a hurry uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, we're not even getting a new season of Mandalorian until sometime in 2022, uh, probably. So, um, and you know, I done shot that horse. That ship blew up already. So, fine. I mean, if you if you if you <laughs> listen to the quartering, we're never going to get any more Mandalorian. <laughs> no, no, he's just well, a, they did he's, say he's such a, a clickbait kind of scumbag. But yeah, he was uh, he was. He he wasn't he was making a lot of inferences from total nothing stories like oh they're not even going to have a Mandalorian season three and I'm like what aren't they though <laughs> so I mean it, it's been talked about and it, it was just over the past week that that I've been hearing whispers around the internet I don't know how official it is or who it came from necessarily but that uh, there's only going to be three seasons of Mandalorian I think it was in an interview with Dave Filoni. Um, yeah. that I'm fine with that. It's going to be a third season. So, I mean, they can wrap up the whole Mandalore and uh, Bo-Katan uh, uh, storyline, maybe. And and who's to say that there's not going to be very much like the Bad Batch is a spinoff of the Clone Wars? Who's to say that we're not going to see Mando again in some other series, some other live-action series that just like kind of picks up a different storyline, maybe follows some other characters around, and he just happens to kind of team up every once in a while. It's just, what it reminds me of kind of right now is the uh, the Marvel uh, Netflix series, you know, um, between Daredevil and um, what's her name? Jessica Jones. Jones. Jessica Jones, thank you. Um, yeah, uh, and, and Iron Fist, you know, how they kind of all appeared in each other's series and that kind of thing. Um, so why not do something similar with, like, maybe give the Night Owls and Bo-Katan their own series and Mando pops up every once in a while. Maybe do a new Jedi Academy series and uh, with fucking Grogu and, uh, and Dad comes to visit every once in a while. Yeah, the scuttlebutt was that the... Uh... The Rangers of the New Republic that Grogu and the Mandalorian were going to appear on that show periodically. Um, so I don't know what that means for. Is that Grogu's still happening? Tri- yeah. So it, wasn't that going to be a, a Cara Dune vehicle? Uh, she was going to be part of it, yeah, but it wasn't going to be solely her. But yeah, no, that, that's still very much going forward. I, 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 my, I bet that they will, that they have a plan for three seasons of The Mandalorian and they're going to stretch it out to four seasons. I think they want to see how Bubba Fett, Book of Bubba Fett's going to be received. Um, I think a lot of us are assuming that's a one and done type thing, but who knows, you know, they can continue that on. Um, yeah, we know Kenobi's a one and done. Um, so I think, I, th- I bet they want to see how some of these other shows are received before they, you know, kind of shoot the goose that laid the golden egg type thing. Yeah. Um, you don't shoot a goose, you spruce a goose. <laughs> mm. And uh, Book of Boba Fett's supposed to be done shooting too, right? That yep. just wraps. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this year is just fucking flow by. Like that, that show's like two months away <laughs> or three months away now. I mean, we're in we're in September now, and it comes out in December. Shit. The Fett show, yeah, yeah, it is in lieu of uh, Mando season three. I feel like the Mandalorian just ended. <laughs> yeah, was that this year? Yeah, 
Mickey, no. I think it was technically last year. Did December. it end last year? I think I think it ended in December. Oh, okay, that's true. Did it? <laughs> I don't remember anything anymore. It started, it started at it's the started end of October. October. Yeah, and it was ten episodes. So, Man. yeah. Time she's a flying. Was it ten she episodes or was it eight episodes? episodes? It was ten. Well, first season was ten. I'm pretty sure second season was ten, or was it eight? Shit. I, I, think know, both eight, I think they're both eight episode seasons. I okay, you might be right. Yes, okay then. Fair enough. I mean, I'm yeah, happy so, to be wrong. I wish they were ten. My heart, my heart wants what my heart wants, and my heart wants it to be ten. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they definitely did not air in in 2021. Then, if they started in the end of October, season two was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they're chapters, right? Yeah. So I don't know. It's all it's all weird, broken up here. What was the season one? Those chapter was eight, eight chapters. Season two was nine through sixteen. So eight. So eight, eight as well. Okay. Um, yeah. So I mean, we're not that far from getting new Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're kind of talking off air that you know I, I you know, I, I don't know if it's Marvel fatigue or you know, uh, I'm just not not jiving on what if you know it, it's it's fine it's fun um but i think that endgame was kind of a jumping off point for a lot of people around this marvel ride and i don't know if marvel's giving a, a lot of people a reason to kind of jump back on this train because a lot of the things they're doing are like don't matter like what if doesn't matter you know uh um black widow i mean in the, in the grand scheme of things didn't really matter because it was a prequel and we knew the black widow was going to die um, you know, Loki's ongoing, uh, and then who knows what implications WandaVision has. Uh, so I, I think they, they Marvel kind of painted themselves in a corner by building their franchise off of these these big opuses that, you know, one led into the other. And then when they had that that crescendo in Endgame, um, you know, I think, I think they need to do something big, you know, in order to get people back. And maybe that's the Eternals. Maybe that's, um, you know, Spider-Man. Uh, Shang-Chi comes out this weekend. Who knows? That could blow us out of the water and introduce us to something cool. Um, I'm just... Uh, I, f- I feel like Marvel needs to give us a reminder of like why they're awesome. Because the, we all know they are awesome, but I think they need to remind us. I feel like the kid in The Incredibles just waiting for something. I don't know. Something, <laughs> something amazing. I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you on, on what if I watched the first one and then I just kind of forgot about it. And then everyone in Discord's like, oh man, this week was good. And I'm like, eh, I'm in no rush. Like, spoilers don't mean anything because the show doesn't mean anything. So, right. Uh, I'll just catch it all when it's done. Are they I saying mean, that episode four is amazing? Is that the one they're saying is amazing or was it the other ones? Uh, I think whatever the most recent one was. Uh, it's episode four. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm halfway through. It's fun. It's basically what if Doctor Strange went bad? <laughs> Oh, like like the leather jacket, motorcycle, Fonzie kind of bad. Yeah, like like the promise. The, the the title I think is "What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands?" And Ooh. so when, when he's going to his little conference in his Lamborghini, he's driving with Amy Adams' character, who I think is Christine. Um, and so she dies in the car accident, and you know he gets depressed and he seeks out like you know Eastern philosophy, and that's when he becomes a source of supreme. And then after the Ancient One dies in the first Doctor Strange and he saves the world from Dormammu, uh, he decides to just try to Groundhog Day so she doesn't die. But it ends up being that it's like a fixed point and it can't be changed. And 
you know, I'll, I won't spoil the actual episode, but that's the premise of it. And then, of course, it's him trying to just amass more power so that he can overdo it. And so he goes a little bad, little, little evil. Wow. That's too bad. Yeah. Randy's over here like, I'm glad you did. <laughs> I'm glad you did. <laughs> I don't know. I, for the most part, I've been enjoying the what ifs. Um, I've had a lot of fun. The first two episodes, I think, really grabbed me. It wasn't until last week's episode where like all the Avengers died before the becoming Avengers that I was kind of like a little ho-hum about it. And I haven't seen this week's episode yet. So um, I'm going to reserve judgment, but it's been kind of hit or miss for me. Hmm. I really um, like the uh, Captain Carter one, though. Right. That's you said you jam. really like that one. Yeah, that's your that's your period. <laughs> that's my jam. Your bias. That's your, that's your menstruation. Yeah. Mm. My goodness, that. I thought that one was fine. I just was like, <laughs> eh. I felt like I I'd already watched this, but with the dude Captain America. Right. Right. Yeah. I yeah. felt like there were more opportunities. I already seen the airport. Yeah. I get it. Big Ben, Parliament. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's still a couple more Marvel shows left, right, in the pipeline for this year? Yeah. I think Hawkeye is going to be this year. Um, and I think that might be it, though. I think all the rest oh, okay. are 2022. I think, like, like Secret War, or Secret Invasion, um, She-Hulk, Moon What about Knight, the Marvel one? Isn't there, like, a... Ms. Marvel, Marvel? Yeah, all, or, or, like, the Marvels or whatever. No, this one's Miss Marvel. Marvels is the actual film. Um, that I, I want to say those are all 2022. Oh, okay. All right. But yeah, the Kamala Khan Miss Marvel show is, I think, 2022. Gotcha. Still, a lot of action. But you're right about Black Widow. It didn't really mean anything until the post credit scene. <laughs> you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's right. She's, not, she's no longer with us. And then now, now all of a sudden there's going to be a bad guy for this Hawkeye show, but hopefully they resolve that quicker, sooner rather than later. A quick, a quick email would sort of fix that conversation, I suppose. Yeah. That seems like something that should be sussed out quickly, like a Batman V Superman type thing. But mm -hmm. uh, something tells me there will be a wacky misunderstanding that'll make us go over this for like yeah. five episodes classic sitcom misunderstanding right like, come and knock on my door <laughs> yeah i could see that all right well that's that's we got the whole rest of the year to look forward to that i'm excited can't wait as they say but i guess i can but you know i, I didn't think i had uh superhero or marvel fatigue until until this year you know i was always ready for more but uh it just kind of hit me with all these streaming shows. Maybe if I would have watched them all, like, uh, you know, been able to binge it, then that might have fixed that problem. But because I had to, it was like homework watching it every single week, it just sort of dragged it out a little bit. And while I can normally appreciate the the week to week, uh, I think just after 12 years or 13 years of, of watching so many of these comic book things in the theater, and, and then like you said, how Avengers sort of, Ended that whole thing. Now I just feel like it's just a long epilogue that I thought I finished the book, you know, 50 pages ago, but I'm still reading. <laughs> now I'm getting it's irritated. Like, it's like Return to the King. It's like, this is over, right? Nope, nope, still gone. Right, right. Looked like you were going to say something, Randy. I did, but my brain farted. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, well, we'll move on. I mean, well, uh, what I was going to say is I had Marvel fatigue like before 
the the pandemic like when when all the before big it was cool come out yeah before it was cool <laughs> I, I am the, the hip, hipster marvel hater and i don't hate marvel really but uh no i was feeling it like even before endgame to be honest and and i even voiced it here but um these these tv series these these streaming shows actually had uh the opposite effect on me where it kind of it broke me out of my marvel fatigue like i said it was i was uh, surprised to really enjoy wandavision and then i fucking ate up uh, uh falcon and winter soldier with a fucking which is spoon. funny because you hate winter soldier right uh but i don't <laughs> i don't um so so that that kind of snapped me out of it and and now that the movies are starting to come back like with black widow and everything which i enjoyed um i'm like meh about marvel again and maybe it's for the reasons you guys just pointed out because the stakes are low what does it matter at this point what yes yeah i was writing like an all-time high you know the last you know four or five movies of marvel just like oh man this is this shit's coming together it's going to be something special and yeah i mean it truly was like endgame is is something that you know, we're we're gonna look back, you know, years from now. Well, most of us, Randy sounds like he hates Marvel. The rest of us are gonna look back fondly and be like, "Wow, we we were witness to something, and it was incredible." This is the the modern day Star Wars original trilogy, mm-hmm. over twenty three movies. I think Randy Loki was a tough sell for you, at least at first, right? That's where it started. Yeah, I, I think uh, the beginning of Loki was kind of like. Like the first few episodes were a little hard for me to to kind of choke down, but uh, by the time we got to the end of it, I was really digging it, and and it left a very good taste in my mouth. So um, it kind of got me back on the train again. Mm-hmm. Um, but now because, back on the train. <laughs> I mean, what's what's the next thing that we're looking forward to? Hawkeye. I don't really care about Hawkeye so much. So it's like <laughs> Spider Man. <laughs> Well, Spider-Man. Okay, okay. No, you. Got I mean, me that's. There. You got that's me there. I mean, that's honestly the next thing I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, I will. You, you'll always get my attention with Spider-Man. So, even though I haven't seen the last one still, and it's been two years. <laughs> you should, yeah, you probably want to watch don't, that. Don't send me any more hate about that. <laughs> we were uh, we've, a couple times on the show. We've talked about theatrical gimmicks and how they aren't really a thing anymore. Like how Clue had multiple endings. Um, just like sort of publicity stunts to get you to go to the theater and the whole mcu almost feels like a giant theater gimmick where we've been going and going like three times a year to these to see these spectacles and it, it's usually been worth it and been a lot of fun that's, that's what, sort of our and, modern day theatrical gimmick is the I mean, and, and, and they created that you have to see it or else someone's going to spoil it for you like something to right. happen if you don't see it in the movie theater you're going to get spoiled and you're going to be that asshole in the playground who doesn't know what's going on <laughs> spoilers yeah. became weaponized and now they're used uh you know not to actually spoil movies but to entice us to go see them when they open to bolster that opening weekend box office i blame big studios yeah i mean you even had the russo brothers sending out you know, a letter saying, hey, yes, but don't spoil the movie for people. From the desk of Thanos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. You're right. You don't want to be, you know, uh, a victim to a spoiler for something big. And there was a lot of, of heavy-handed shit that happened in those last couple movies. And it would have sucked to hear that in passing or opening up your Twitter feed when you wake up in the morning and seeing that all these characters died and turned to dust or something. Be like, what? No. That would be unfortunate. Not Black Widow. She's fine. But not really. Whew, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> She's bulletproof. Yeah. No one can get her. Exactly. I like Black Widow. She's one of my favorites. I'm a sucker for the badass lady. True. I'm 
I feel the same way overall. Yeah, good stuff. All right. So speaking of badass ladies, <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about one um, Patty Jenkins. She made the news today, and uh, I was reading up about it. She she said something that might have some truth to it, but it's a little harsh and probably shouldn't have been said about her peers. It's one of those things where you you think it, you don't really say it. <laughs> Right, uh, but... especially not to somebody. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So this all goes back to like CinemaCon and um, and and in reflecting on original films produced by streaming platforms, uh, Jenkins uh, went on to uh, on this panel and she was talking and she said, um, "All the films that streaming services are putting out, I'm sorry, they look like fake movies to me. I don't hear about them. I don't read about them." It's not working as a model for establishing legendary greatness. And that that sounds pretty harsh. And I don't think that I would ever say something like that about my peers and the work that they're doing. And, and um, you know, all these streaming platforms like your Netflix, your Hulu, your Prime videos, uh, they, they have made some really amazing stuff. Uh, some, some, of, some of which, some of the films obviously are just like, you know, you watch it once and maybe you forget about it. There's been a lot of, of films that that uh, are churned out that we forget about or didn't even know it existed, and then word of mouth is telling you about it. Uh, you have to be pretty far in the social pipeline to to really see some of these um, or know about them. And so I, I get what she's saying. You know, you can you can Google right now what are the best original Netflix films, and and perhaps you've heard of maybe you know five of of twenty, and and that's that's a pretty low number. But at least, uh, you know, you need not have a list. You can go and check out some of these other things. So I do think there is some validity to it, but I don't think it was an appropriate thing to say. Uh, sure. And I think she was right on the money. I was watching the, I was watching this disposal piece of trash in December on HBO Max or HBO, HBO Max that it was like Wonder Woman 1984 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. No, I know. But see, that was a high profile movie, right? And and it was going in theaters and, and HBO at the same time. Right. And that's one of those ones where it's a twofer. But I was on the opinion that that she's actually talking about uh, original films produced by these streaming services. And I think that's her intent, but I think that she should really be thinking the streaming services because if more people had paid to see Wonder Woman 1984 in the movie theater, they, <laughs> they would have gone a lot get more upset. <laughs> right, to where yeah. we were all like, well, I watched it from my home. I already had HBO, so technically it didn't cost me anything extra. Did it, was, did, was it a good movie? No, but oh, well, it is what it is. But if it had been, you know, like, you know, a movie that made you know $800 million at the box office, you know, all these people had to pay to see it. I think that the, uh, the, the fervor and the, uh, the discord would have been so much more negative for her. Uh, I think she kind of got off lightly because everyone's like, well, it's just a streaming movie. Yeah, right. and, and not only did it uh, did it, it affect things by basically two ways. Not only did it not have money for an opening box office that people could compare it to or rank it based on that, um, but if people did pay money for it and it stunk, they would be more inclined to go to sites like Rotten Tomatoes and give it a negative review. But again, something that's free, if you watch it, you don't really like it. Um, I'm not going to go out of my way to shit on it. But right. if I paid money and saw something I didn't like, fuck, I'm telling everybody I know, like, fuck, don't save, fuck, save your money, you know, hide your kids, hide your wife, uh, write about it on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. Yeah, and I think yeah. that, I think that the problem too is, you know, 
more emphasis is put on since there are so many streaming platforms now. You know, just like in the movie theaters, there are great movies in the movie theaters, and then there's Catwoman at the movie theaters. You know, the movie theaters also has produced poor cinema. And, you know, I think I think if I were to distill her complaint down, I think what she's doing is she's complaining about, like, the Netflix algorithm. So, um, <coughs> um, what's his name? Uh, who, fuck. Fincher, sorry. I can't yeah, believe Fincher I can't, did, I remember. He did Mank. So, so he did Mank. And so he met when he met with Netflix, they basically told him the formula. You know, by 10 minutes, you have to have this. By 20 minutes, this. You know, and because they have all those analytics. They know when people are jumping off movies. And, you know, they've been doing this for so many years now. They can, they, can, they can see these people jumped off these movies at this point. What do these movies have in common? They didn't have an action piece within the first X amount of minutes. Or they didn't have, if it was a, like a romance, they didn't have you know, a clearly defined you know, romantic interest by this amount of minutes. And so it almost becomes like robotic you know, to make filmmaking. And so there are a lot of films that are definitely you know, created by the algorithm, you know, like Extraction you know, was a Netflix movie. Um, what, what was the Ryan Reynolds one? It was like Six Degrees or mission six or six mission or something like that. Uh, you know, those kind of movies are definitely driven by the algorithm, but there are beautiful movies in streaming. I know we're going to go over a list, but like, like Palm, Str- Palm Springs was one of my favorite movies last year. And that was a Hulu right. original, you know, something that was bought at Sundance. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of these prestige films, you know, Irishman, Roma, all of those, these are movies that weren't created by the streaming platforms. They go to Sundance, they get a huge response you know, 20th Century Fox or A24 says, I'll give you 10 million. And Netflix says, I'll give you $115 million. They're like, sold, my friend. Right. <laughs> um, and so and so there are plenty of prestige movies. Um, you know, it's just a shame that, you know, she singled out, you know, when she's thinking about it and she's thinking of the extractions and the mission sixes. And she's not thinking of like the beautiful movies like Roma and Palm Springs. Right. Or the Irishman. And, I, and I think one thing that that's to be said is that Going to the movies is an event, right? You're like you're looking forward to it. You saw the trailer several months ago, and now the com- the commercials are happening. You're ready to go. First, you saw the teaser, then you saw a full trailer, then maybe you saw a second trailer, then you see the TV spots, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is happening! I can't wait to go see it." Whereas with these uh, streaming services, you know, you see the trailer before you start to watch something, and you're given the option to skip, and you're like, "Fuck this! I'm just gonna skip." So you don't even know. So went through a lot of trouble to put this trailer in front of a show that you're about to watch, one of the most popular shows on on this platform. And, they, and you hear you have a trailer, but you're given the option to skip. So you skip, so you have no idea what this thing is, and so now you miss out. And and I really wish that there was sort of this event. You know how like. HBO used to celebrate a new movie every Friday night kind of thing, right? So you always had a new movie to watch every weekend. Uh, but, I mean, that movie's already like a year old by the time it gets there. But you always just knew every Friday there was going to be something new on HBO. And so maybe that's something that's missing to where, you know, there isn't this event to tune in, to, to turn on your Netflix on on September 3rd because this movie's finally going to be available, you know? That, that buildup yeah. just doesn't exist. And I really, really wish that it did. And if it does, I don't know because I skipped over the trailer. <laughs> well, Netflix was trying to do their thing where they were going to release a movie a week, but they didn't own a day of the week. Like you were talking about like HBO Saturday Night Movies. Like I knew at 8 o'clock on Saturday, there's going to be a new movie on HBO unless it was boxing every like six weeks and they get all pissed off. Yeah, but, that's Friday Night um, Fight stuff. That's cool. Yeah, but I think they need, I think if Netflix had owned it like Netflix and Chill on Saturday or something like that, there's a new movie every <laughs> week. Um, that would be great because they are releasing a new movie every single week this year. Mm-hmm. I think the closest thing that we get to with Netflix right now is at the beginning of the month, they'll send you a list of, hey, here's all the new movies hitting hitting Netflix this month. Yeah, that's not good um, enough for me, though. 
No, but uh, that's the thing. I mean, I, I can't tell you any time the last time I saw a trailer for anything streaming at all. And it's not even it's not even a matter of being given an option to skip it. I just straight up don't see it. I have to be sitting there scrolling through titles and looking at posters and like, oh, shit, this looks interesting. Oh, shit, it's got people in it I know. Oh, shit, I'm going to watch it. You know, I fuck, I don't watch trailers for any of this stuff. And I don't even know where I would. You and know, a lot of it's, it's the hit. ranch of it all, you know, to where Netflix is just throwing in your face like, watch the ranch, watch the ranch. You see no. the ranch? Catch up on the ranch. Follow the ranch. New episodes of the ranch. I hated that. I remember complaining about that on this podcast. I'm like, wow, I just watched I watched Schindler's List. And now it's like, if you like Schindler's List, you're going to love the ranch. I'm just like, I don't, I don't think that's the right show to be comparing it to. And it's so weird how it just shoved it down my throat. I'm like. Fuck you, man. I'm never going to watch this show. I'm tired of these trailers. I want nothing to do with it. You ruined the entire experience for me. I literally and, want and, nothing to do with it. And you know if you watched it, then they jam in your face of like the that that uh, portion that's like, watch it again. <laughs> just still yeah. be there. I know. It's crazy. I'm just like, get out of town. Um, but yeah, and so like, I mean, you know, we started, our lockdown began in March of 2020, right? And it has been a long year and a half. And I am so grateful for all the content that is available on these streaming services. Uh, you mentioned Palm Springs. That was one that you you said, don't look into it. Don't read about it. Just turn it on and watch it. And I was so surprised and in love with that movie when I saw it. Especially in the first, like, five minutes where he got fucking Shane Jameson with a fucking <laughs> bow and arrow. <laughs> yeah. That was so weird. I was like, the fuck am I watching right now? But I was there for it. I loved every second of it. And so, you know, I've been slowly trying to just, you know, watch things that I wouldn't normally watch. And that's been great. And then like the, the ranch, the yeah, no, that's not a thing. Um, but uh, fucking uh, the whole deal with HBO and watching all these movies in the comfort of my own home, as opposed to going to a theater, the Disney plus uh, premium access stuff, uh, having watched Jungle Cruise and uh, Black Widow from home. That was great. And then Cruella, I suppose that one, too. Um, and then even like Bill and Ted, you know, we talked about that on the show too. That was, uh, you know, one of my very first video on demand experience and I loved every second of it. And I was so glad that during the middle of a pandemic, I was still able to support, uh, a movie franchise that I hold, you know, so close to my heart. I, it's, uh, I, I love it so much. And it was so great to just be able to just to have my dinner ready, sit on my sofa, laugh for an hour and a half and love the movie. That was great. Yeah, but I think all the ones you listed were not intended to be streaming films. That's true. I know, I know, I know. Uh, so before the show started, we were trying to think of, you know, we asked when we started pulling up lists of, of movies that are, that are original programming. And so, you know, it was fun to watch Army of the Dead with Zach, you know, in, in, in our living room. And we were kind of drunk and it was kind of fun. Uh, yeah, that was that was made for Netflix, right? So that one counts. Um but yeah, I am I am a terrible example of of a of an average consumer that, and I subscribe to fucking everything. There, I have everything except for Paramount Plus. It's the only thing I don't I have, have that one. Uh, Thanks, Survivor. I, I have Peacock. I have uh, HBO Max. I have Netflix. I have Prime. I have Hulu. Um, I have Stars on Hulu. Uh, whatever else is out there, I have it. Um. And, and I'm okay with that. And I know they have all these original shows, but I have this thing where 
I just keep watching the same shit, right? Like I've watched The Office a thousand times. I've watched King of the Hill a thousand times. You know, rewatching Battlestar Galactica. I, I'm I've become this this creature that needs to rewatch stuff that I really really love versus watching new things. So I really don't have a horse in this race, other than I will admit that there are new movies that are out there that I did not know exist only because uh, I just have a disconnect with this original programming. And that's upsetting. Of course, I would never say anything offensive or mean about the work that was made and put into these. And if one of you guys watched it and said, Oh my God, Justin, you got to check out this movie. It's fucking cool. I will certainly go watch it. I just won't, you know, do the homework myself. <laughs> You'll have to tell yeah. me what to watch. <laughs> and I think a lot of people are watching streaming services like you are that, you know, we're in such a weird, uncertain time. You know, it's a lot of stress, you know, a lot of things happening externally that we have no control over. So, you know, like, like I just wanted to watch Parks and Recreation. I, because I knew it was going to be great. I knew I was going to laugh. I knew it was going to have a fun time. You know, I didn't want to take the risk on, you know, am I going to like this? Or, you know, I finished that and now I'm watching Superstore again or, uh, you know, Friday Night Lights, you know, these, these, these office, you know, these shows that I know that I'll love, you know, they're just, it's just comforting. It's like hanging out with your friends because, you know, a lot of us can't hang out with our friends right now because of, because of this pandemic and stuff like that. So um, it's a, it's a, it's a wild time to be a streaming service just because it really is. everyone's watching the old stuff and I don't know if everyone's watching the new stuff. Right. I did watch the Irishman. You mentioned that a minute ago. Uh, it might have been off air, but I did watch that. That was like yep. eighteen hours. That was long. Yeah. It was a long one. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty good. Ray Romano's in it. You love Ray Romano, damn raw. But I was still going to work at it. We weren't on lockdown when that movie came out. That was like November of of like twenty nineteen. Uh, just to throw that out there. Yeah, uh, that was pre pandemic, but I did watch it, <laughs> and I appreciate the damn raw. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think that's on Peacock, by the way. Everybody loves Raymond. Oh, nice. <laughs> More fruit. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, Patty Jenkins, she's going to get some heat for that. Maybe she'll get fired from Disney. No, she won't. But she hasn't <laughs> even started her, her Star Wars movie yet. They'll fire her anyway. <laughs> right. Okay, like, hey. the mouse. Yeah, her next job's with the mouse, and the mouse is like the most dominant streaming platform out there right now, who is taking. If if she's mad at anyone, she should be mad at Disney Plus because you know Disney Plus is is playing fast and loose with premier access movies and stuff like that. Like, well, this movie's gonna go hybrid. This one's just going to the theaters. This one's just going streaming. You know, to where at least Warner Brothers was was on it. So like everything this year is going both. You know, next year we'll re reevaluate it, but this year everything's going both. Uh, so I'm just I'm just surprised. You know that that she's uh she wasn't more maybe 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 that's where she drew the line she didn't want to be too vocal to anger the anger the mouse the house of mm -hmm. mouse right well one thing i think is interesting and and you know it's we haven't talked about it because this was she was primarily talking about movies but there's a lot of of you know big screen talent that is now doing original series on these streaming services and i think that's so fucking cool like the fact that henry cavill's doing the witcher and enjoying every fucking second of it i think is so badass you know, uh, Jason Bateman, someone that I adore so goddamn much, and his show uh, Ozark, which is totally not a, a Jason Bateman type of role. He's fucking killing it, man. It's like one of the best shows out there. And I didn't think that's that's so badass, man. And then we were talking about the Marvel movies, you know, all these these huge tentpole movies, and now we have sort of the the supporting cast getting their own series. And I think that's a big deal, too. I think that's pretty fucking awesome. 
I think that's where these streaming services really shine right now is their episodic content. Um, cause these shows, I mean, they're, they're putting decent money, decent talent into them. And, um, you know, whether they drop them all at once or whether they release them week to week style, uh, people have been eating that shit up during this entire pandemic. Like I binged the entirety of uh, man in the high castle and I fucking loved it. Um, and that was on prime. And, um, it was just amazing the the budget that went into it, the talent that went into it. It's just it's so good. I mean, and, and that's just one of many. You mentioned The Witcher. Holy crap, that must have cost a fortune to make, and is so good. A-list yeah, talent all the way. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I love it. I'm here for it. I'm glad that it's you know we we talk about these you know we we put all these money into these streaming services. And then they, they, it's basically giving them carte blanche to make whatever fucking shows that they want. And they're not all hits. Some of them get canceled after one season or whatever. But it is cool that there's so many different fucking shows on TV. There was a time when there was must-see TV, right? Like Thursdays, I got to watch like Seinfeld and, and all these fun shows. Or GGI Friday, right? Full House and Family Matters. And it was an event, right? And now when, when these new shows come on and the season returns, just like, fuck yeah, I'm just gonna, I know what I'm doing this weekend. That's what we all say, right? I know what I'm doing this weekend. My Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are booked solid because I'm going to stream the shit out of this show. And that's, that's cool. I love that I can do that. That's, I love it. I love it so much. That's all I got to say about that. It's great. Yeah. So there you have it. Um, a couple of movies. Speaking of movies, uh, some of them got delayed. Ghostbusters is uh, got pushed back a week. Should probably throw that out there. It's now coming out on November nineteenth. Uh, Top Gun Maverick, one that we were looking forward to, is now Memorial Day twenty twenty two. My goodness, it's a long time. And then I had it in front of me, but I don't have it anymore. I lost it. It was the Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Yeah, that's now I think a September release. Yeah. 2022. Yeah. A whole year away. That's crazy. Tom Cruise is like, ah, I, don't, I don't go streaming. I'm not going to do streaming. How many times was Ghostbusters delayed? This feels like the third or fourth time. Yeah, um, a lot. The second time. I, cause I, th- I think they delayed filming for COVID. And then this is, I think this is the first release change, but I could, I could be totally wrong. Cause I remember seeing like the very first teasers with uh, the tarp covered Ecto one inside the barn, like fucking before the pandemic. Yeah, I was still and, at work. Yeah, it was a memorial. It was supposed to be a Memorial Day release, I think, back then. Yeah, Memorial twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just uh, feels it feels like it's been forever. But uh, Mission Impossible Seven is uh, August twenty second, twenty twenty two. By the way, almost just short of a year. Yeah, something that hasn't been pushed back yet again—the uh, new Bond movie, No Time to Die. We got a couple new trailers for that this year, this week. The, a new international one and a new uh, domestic one. That was fun. Yeah, I, I kind of forgot that that was a thing. To be honest with you, I forgot I know, that we're right? getting another Bond. I think, movie. I, think, I, think, I think most of the world's with you, Justin. <laughs> I feel bad about that. Well, the trailer looks fun, and in the international trailer specifically. Um, Bond is talking about a new double O and we see that it's a woman and they don't really mention that one in the, in the domestic trailer. I think it was mentioned in an earlier one, but uh, they're really leaning heavy on. They're going to be, there's going to be a new double O agent. Ooh, it's a lady. It's going to be a lady and it's not going to be, not going to be bond anymore. So this might be, well, I we know this is the end of uh, Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig's run. Thank you. Um, 
of him in general. They're just gonna mur- they're gonna just put him to sleep <laughs> afterwards. He's got to make Knives Out Part Six, man. He's That's true. I know, right? <laughs> they're making a lot of those. Yeah. Well, no, they're make us Knives Out. Because when was the, when was the when was Casino Royale like two thousand six? Probably that was a, that was a long time ago. ago. Like that. What was that? Casino Royale. Royale with cheese. Yeah, 2006. So, I mean, he's been Bond for be now 15 years. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a respectable run, man. Yeah, and there's a rumor out there that, out that they're asking Martin Campbell to direct the next one because he directed Goldeneye, which rebooted it for Brosnan, and he directed Casino Royale, which rebooted it with Daniel Craig. Uh, so, and both of those are great movies. So, um, he was doing an interview because he directed, he directed something just recently came out. Uh, protege, or pro, yeah, yeah, protege, the Samuel Jackson, Maggie Q, Michael Keaton movie. Yeah, um, he directed that, and so they he said, hey, uh, "Would you be interested in directing it?" He's like, "Funny, you should ask." Uh, yes, I would definitely be interested in directing it, and uh, you know, may have had a conversation or two about it. Yeah, he has a couple of films that are kind of low <laughs> from the critics. Uh, you know, like Legend of Zorro, and then like uh, Green Lantern. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was telling a lot of funny stories about Green Lantern. Just that, like, he's like, "Yeah, I wasn't the guy that directed it." And he's like, uh, "I know nothing about Green Lantern." He's like, "We wrote this like killer like third act, and then they're like, like, yeah, we're gonna do it." And then, like the first day of photography, they're like, "Yeah, we slashed your budget. You you have to completely redo your third act." And he's like, "Wait, what? Who?" Oh man, that kind of sucks. He directed a couple episodes of Homicide Life on the Street. Oh. Yeah. I do declare. I do declare, too. Uh, yeah. I'm here for Bond. it. Bond. James Bond. Yeah. I hope it's good. But, yeah, I'm not... For what reason, I'm just not excited about it. I, I hope that it is amazing, and I have the time of my life. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. I'm just meh on it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that Spectre one wasn't all that great. You said it, Buster. That one was was rough. But, eh, we'll see. No time to die. But I am sad about the ones that were delayed, you know, especially, um, you know, I was very excited for Top Gun. uh, And then, you know, Mission Impossible is just that amazing franchise that just keeps getting better. It's like the Benjamin Button of action movies. (laughs) Right. They just keep getting better. And, and not as cartoony as Fast and the Furious, so uh, yeah. Yeah, Rogue Nation is that is an incredible movie. Yeah. Is that what the last one was called? Uh, Fallout was the last one. Fallout was the last was one. one. That's what I meant. It. That's what I meant. Fallout. Yeah, I like that one. That's the one with my buddy Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Yeah. Yeah. Man. You, get to, you get to see him standing next to Tom Cruise, like man, that guy's gonna fucking kill that kid. <laughs> Why is he so <laughs> and then and then Henry Cavill walks across like fucking Paris and and Todd Cruz is running as fast as he can. He can't catch up because Henry Cavill's steps are just so big. <laughs> it's like it's like Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Oh man. Yeah, that movie's good. Fallout. The only thing that bugged me about it was that um uh but Alec Baldwin didn't make it. Uh, that kind of saddened me. I didn't like. Yeah, that. it was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, but that was because, because they killed Baldwin, you know, you're like, 
Did they kill Simon Pegg or Ving Rhames? Would they kill one yeah. of them too? So, so I mean, in a way, it worked. You know, I'm sad that you know I think Alec Baldwin was great in it, but in a way, it worked because like I was like, man, maybe they'll fucking kill Simon Pegg. <laughs> I'll be really sad. Yeah, and Ving Rhames has been in it since the beginning. Yeah, that's a that's a long run because that was what ninety six on the first ninety six. Yeah, same year as The Rock hey. Independence Day. So yeah, twenty five years they've been making these Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. Making it so long that they thought that Tom Cruise was, at, was was washed out and wasn't going to be able to make anymore and tried to reboot without him. And here we are. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, he should just be like John Wick and just do nothing but Mission Impossible movies from now until eternity. <laughs> yeah. I'd be cool with that. I could watch John Wick movies forever. They're pretty good. Yeah. But he's got to make that fourth Matrix movie. Yeah, that's what? That's resurrection? Like two months away. Yeah, two months it, away. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, I can't. I cannot wait. That's another John Wick is supposed to come out the same weekend as as Matrix. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty good call. The really, one of these is going to move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be silly to have them be on the same day. Yeah, it wouldn't work out. Yeah, no, definitely would. But yeah, I, I, Matrix is probably. Uh, I'm pr- I'm pretty pumped for Dune, but. Uh, uh, which which we got we did we get we got something new for Dune. No, it was a new clip or something like that. Um, it was uh, Timothy Chalamet's character Paul um, and uh, James Brolin, uh, Josh Brolin's character fighting. Yeah, because that comes out later. Oh, it's October. Never mind. Yeah, I'm trying to fast forward to October already. It's next month. And that was supposed to be Christmas of last year. Yes. Yeah. In the theater, which just means it's been fucking done. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, and that you know, there's a sequel too. So I mean, uh, they got they got their work cut out for them. So I'm curious how it's going to end. Like, I don't, I don't dare. Wa- I mean, I have it in my, I have it on my list uh, on because Dune is on HBO Max, and I'm this Ooh. close to torturing myself to watching it. Uh, and I think I'll do it. I think I'll do it. Three we'll, It'll maybe, take. It'll go faster. <laughs> maybe we'll have it on in the background uh, while we're playing cards or something. <laughs> if you want, I will. I will happily put Dune on in the background. Maybe we'll make it like the second or third movie after we've had a couple of drinks, so we're all in like a giddy mood. Do like a mystery science theater for Dune. <laughs> Just fire up the old streamyard and. Yeah, that might be something to do. My gosh. Anyway. Um, so in, in the spirit of this whole conversation about, uh, original films from streaming platforms, I understand Randy, you have a list that you would like to share with some of the best ones that are available. I found a fun list from screenrant.com and this is from, uh, just this past summer. This is from June. So it's not too terribly old, but it is the best original movies from streaming services ranked according to Rotten Tomato scores. So, I mean, that should be pretty uh, fair and impartial, right? A lot of people hate the Rotten Tomates. <laughs> True. But I'm, I'm going to say even number 10 on this list still scores a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it might be kind of surprise you guys how low this is, considering how much critical acclaim it got. Roma, the Netflix film. That's number uh, 10? Came, came in number 10. Yes. Wow. With a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's an so, award-winning movie. 
It is. And uh, number nine is one that we've talked about here this evening, also coming in at 95%, The Irishman. It's pretty long. Yeah. I mean, really. I mean R- Roma's, Roma's like one of the most like gorgeously shot films. It's amazing. The cinematography is nuts, but I'll never probably watch it again. Like it's a, it's kind of a one and doneer for me. Uh, Irishman, I, there's parts I like that maybe I would go back and explore, kind of like in a Goodfellas casino kind of way. Um, but yeah, that's a long movie. And Scorsese wanted it to be even longer. You know, he had to be convinced. Cause... Pass. Yeah, <laughs> I would have died um, if it ran for another minute, Dave. <laughs> oh shit. I'm not. I'm not asking for it to be longer. I'm just saying he wanted it to be longer. I, I, uh, Sounds like a threat. Yeah, Robert De Niro was 22 when they started filming that movie, and now he's like 600. It's too long. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Number eight on the list. To all the boys I've loved before came in at 96, percent and this one was also Netflix. Uh, so that's the uh, the first three films on our list here have all been Netflix. To all the boys yeah. I've loved before? Yeah, it's based the ones on that came novel. to the yard. <laughs> Coming of age romantic comedy. Probably yeah. not something you guys would, would get a lot out of. So I like the rom coms. Number seven, the half of it. Ninety seven percent score, also Netflix. I see a pattern here. Really skewed. Yeah. Number six out of ten. Dolomite is my name, ninety seven percent. Also Netflix, also fucking amazing. I love this one. This is have you, have, if you, you if you haven't seen Dolomite, uh, it's you know I I went I went into it after someone had recommended it for me and I couldn't have been happier. It's such a such a fun movie. Eddie yeah. Murphy is wonderful. The entire cast is wonderful, but I'm a particular fan of Eddie Murphy and I loved seeing like a return to genuinely funny Eddie Murphy. All right, number five out on the list is Blow the Man Down with 98%, and this one was an Amazon Prime original. This is an adult film? (laughs) It is not. It is a dark comedy crime thriller that that follows two sisters after killing a man in self-defense. Oh, shit. I like dark comedies. Yeah. And dark comedies with murder are extra fun. No, you don't. You like Taco Bell. (laughs) Yeah. Dark comedies are fun. I think my first real dark comedy was like Heather's or something like that when I was a kid. That was a fun one. That was a fun one. So number four on the list is going back to Netflix. The 40-year-old version at 98%. Version not to be compared with Virgin. Um, It is Arata Blank's semi-autobiographical comedic account of reinvention and self-discovery. All right. It's about a, a woman reevaluating her life as she approaches her 40th birthday and decides to pursue a career as a rapper. Mm-hmm. Number, bold choice. <laughs> it, is, it is a bold choice. Uh, number three out of ten, and this one is our first showing for uh, Disney Plus here, I believe. Um, Hamilton at 98%. You're a big fan of that one, aren't you, David? Yeah, I think it. I mean, I know I'm supposed to love Hamilton. It's supposed to be amazing and revolutionary and I got friends who like listen to the soundtrack in their car and they won't shut the fuck up about it. But like, I just couldn't get into it. <laughs> I can appreciate it, but it was just kind of, eh. never seen it. Yeah. I, I can appreciate it as well, but it's not the kind of thing where I'm going to listen to the soundtrack or, or feel like watching it uh, probably ever again. But, but I'm glad I don't I watch I saw a musical. I'll watch the greatest showman. 
that Hugh Jackman, he can sing and dance. You know, if I want to watch a musical, I just won't. South Park, bigger, longer, uncut. Is that technically a musical? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a musical. All right, all right. I think I think that may that may have just won me over. Probably the best musical, Showman. That's circus, though, right? That's like Barnum and Bailey stuff. Uh, yeah, it's very. It definitely glosses over some of the uh, the more pressing controversies of Barnum and Bailey. Yeah, uh, you just look at Hugh Jackman, you're like, oh, I like Hugh Jack. You're nice, but they're nice to all the animals in in this version. Yeah, well, they got to have that line in the credits that say no animals were harmed during the making of this movie. Exactly. So number two out of ten on the list here, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom at 98%. And this one, I believe, now feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was Chadwick Boseman's last live-action performance. Yes, it was. And it was an adaptation of a stage play, and uh, it's got both Mr. Bozeman and Viola Davis in it, so it's got some some pretty A-list acting going on in it. And it was, I watched it; it was it was definitely enjoyable. It felt like it was converted from a from a play because it was set in like one or two locations, so it was very kind of minimal. But uh, but overall, I enjoyed that one. Was it number two on my list? Definitely not, but I enjoyed it. And number one, I don't think I've actually heard of, uh, and this is his house, uh, his at one hundred percent. Who's house? Ron's house. A lot of Netflix, Randy. There's other. I think seven. Platforms. Seven uh, on this list. I think were Netflix. We had one Disney Plus, and I think we had two Amazon. What? One Amazon. I feel like I feel like a couple yeah. are missing from this list. <laughs> I feel like like Hulu got snubbed entirely. Yeah, uh, that right. And, yeah, uh, I mean, if nothing else, uh, what David mentioned earlier, uh, Palm Springs, that was easily probably my favorite movie of 2020, and and that definitely deserved to be on that list, but was snubbed unrightfully so. Mm-hmm. And then, did you say that you saw you watched uh, Sound of Metal? I, yes, I did. I, I really enjoyed that one as well. It has uh, Riz Ahmed from um, from Ooh, Rogue dang. One. <laughs> yeah, it's Riza. But that one was a that one was a good time. <laughs> yeah, he was in Venom, you know. He was uh, Carlton Drake. <laughs> yes, Dave knows that's his favorite movie ever made. Is it though? I think so. What you, I, your pillow talk said he was a nightcrawler. I don't know if you saw that. I like Riz Ahmed though. That guy's great. He's gonna be Hamilton in, or he's gonna be Hamlet. <laughs> Not Hamilton. He's gonna be <laughs> Hamlet in Hamlet, and I'm very excited for that. I love Hamlet. You were gonna say he's gonna be Hamilton in in Hamilton. <laughs> Mm-mm. He's, it was on the brain though, but I've never, you know, I've never seen it. Uh, Alex's mom won tickets when they were like sold out everywhere. And so Alex and her mama went and saw it uh, in Seattle. But uh, my niece loves it. She watches it every day, I guess. <laughs> Can't do it. You could, you could if you wanted. You can watch nope. it on Disney+. Plus. No, I cannot do. It's, it's at parental controls, and it's not available. <laughs> I'm just looking at some of the other movies that have released on Amazon Prime here. And I'm, I'm not saying they, des- they deserve to be on the list, but there's some pretty good stuff there. Um, I mean, if you remember, the Big Sick was originally it was purchased by Amazon, you know, and it was it just it got a theatrical release, kind of like Manchester in the Sea, uh, but it was an Amazon original uh, and it streamed, you know, very quick shortly after it uh, debuted. 
Um, so yeah, Amazon's got a Amazon's got a couple. Um, they, they 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 do a lot of like uh, populist fair, you know, like they did like uh, the Tomorrow War and stuff like that. Yeah, um, coming to America. Yes, with the number two. T O O. Like Teen, teen Wolf. Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they also did like Britney runs a marathon. Yeah, that was that was that was a lot of fun. Um, I'm trying to think what else they did. Um, yeah, Hulu Hulu's done quite a few. You know, like Palm Springs, Mining the Gaps, an amazing documentary. Um, you know, Netflix we didn't mention like uh, Trial of Chicago Seven. That was Aaron Sorkin's film he directed last year. Uh, that was up for all the awards against Mank and won fortunately none of them. Uh, but it's a it's a very interesting and, and, and kind of fast watch. You know, it's got a star-studded cast. You know, it's got Sasha Baron Cohen and, and other people whose names escape uh, me Joseph, right now. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I think, is in it. Yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in it. Um, it's a it's a very fascinating peek at you know a very turbulent time in America and being in a current turbulent time. You know, uh, it can uh, it can definitely help you. Uh, there was uh, for those romantic comedy fans, there was always be my maybe. Um, I am a big sucker for Randall Park. I love Randall Park. Uh, and, um, oh man, I can't remember her name, the stand-up comedian who Netflix is always pushing like tiger mom. She's super funny. Um, so that's a really good movie. It's got the single greatest Keanu Reeves cameo ever. If you're a fan of Keanu Reeves, just go, just type in always be my, maybe Keanu Reeves. And he's in one scene and he steals the fucking movie. Him and Randall Park should, should just go on the road together. Um, and then uh, the other ones I had was Marriage Story, uh, the Adam Driver, Scratch Your Hanson movie from last year or two years ago. Uh, that's a very powerful film. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's definitely something that will make you make you feel in the feels department. Uh, and then for a more fun fair, Happiest Season on Hulu, that was the Kristen Stewart's uh, movie with uh, Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek, um, to where you know they are they are lesbians going home to meet their parents for the first time. But the one daughter doesn't tell her parents that she's a lesbian. They think they're just like friends, <laughs> um, and uh, it's 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 a lot of fun. So, sorry, I know you said a couple, but I named a bunch. No, that's that's good. I'm glad. Did you guys watch the that Val documentary on Val Kilmer? I have not yet. It looks it looks good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's on my list for sure, but I haven't watched it yet. It's like the it's like the Punky Brewster movie, but with Val Kilmer instead of. Solil Moonfry or whatever her name is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one I did watch, and it was pretty interesting seeing all her interactions with all the young Hollywood elite that would go on to so much bigger and better things. She's a pretty lady. Yeah, that doesn't hurt, too. Too bad she can't <laughs> wear the same color shoes. How hard is that, Punky Brewster? <laughs> did she reconnect with the dog? Uh, I think that dog is long since gone. Aww. That's it. Dogs look so just, you know. Just to follow up on something that we were talking about an hour ago when we first started recording, um, I, I looked it up and the HasLab Sentinel is shipping by the end of September. Ooh. According to an email that was sent out by Hasbro. So and Galactus just, got funded too, like just like yeah, last week. It finally hit that, its funding goal. That looks amazing. And they're including like all kinds of. Uh, well, they have stretch goals for some some pretty badass looking figures too, from the looks of it. Yeah, it's also Surfer was one. Brandon was the name of the dog, by the way, Dave. Oh, Brandon. What was the da- oh, that, it's Hen- Henry the- Watermont. Henry, there's it. Yeah. That's looking for. Yeah. And Sherry was her friend. Yeah, there was an episode where she got they were playing hide and seek, and she stepped into a refrigerator and got trapped. And the whole message yeah. was 
Don't go in the refrigerator. <laughs> there was a, there was a, I remember there was a GI Joe PSA one for that too, to where uh, they were, they were hiding, playing hide and seek and someone hidden there and they couldn't find them. And uh, I want to say it might've even been underwater and like depth charge had to go down and like rescue them or something like oh, that. Yeah. And it was like, don't play in refrigerators. Yeah. How come so many people have empty refrigerators hanging around their house? <laughs> yeah. And uh, why why are you going in there? Uh, the only the only acceptable reason to ever go inside the refrigerator is to make sure the light goes off. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, that's all I got. That is everything. Don't go in refrigerators, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless they're lead lined and you need to escape a <laughs> nuclear blast. There you go. Have a friend ready. They need that little handle. Like, you know how there's like the kidnapping handle inside trunks where you can press the little lever and then escape? Yep. Yeah. They need that in refrigerators. Side note Did you know that the original uh, time machine vehicle for Back to the Future, instead of a DeLorean, in the first draft of the script, it was supposed to be a refrigerator. But I they did didn't want. That. They didn't want kids locking themselves in refrigerators and suffocating, so they changed it to a car. Wow. That was a pain in the ass to drag everywhere. They're like, why did we not make this mobile? Why did we put some wheels on this thing? Put it up on a furniture dolly or something. Next thing you know, the DeLorean time machine was invented. That's awesome. I Dude, um, so my brother-in-law, Brett, he saw a DeLorean the other day on Saturday, and he sent me pictures, and I meant to send them to you, and I totally forgot. There's a there's a comic shop um, that's on my way to work if I go take the ninety one, uh, and the owner he has a red DeLorean and every time oh, I drive shit. by it I'm angered I'm like why why would you paint that? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. weird. Because yeah. none of them it, came out of the factory that way. No, it, it looks jarring. <laughs> yeah. Well, this this one was designed to look like the time machine. Oh, that's, oh, that's hot. Yeah, <laughs> I love that man. I, I can tell you so many times, like when I was growing up, every time I, I went past a DeLorean, like I remember walking past one in the Disneyland parking lot. And, you know, this is I, I was a, a kid at the time. And this is well before the age of cell phones and everybody having cameras in their hands. I just looked at that thing. I stared in it. I probably got my my my, my bodily juices all over the windows. I was just like licking it, just looking through like, oh, and it wasn't even the time machine version. It was just a straight up stock DeLorean. And I used to look uh, in this like auto trader magazine um you know i'd go down to the to the corner liquor store and i would go look at this magazine and i would look in the back and i would look for all the cars that were for sale and i would look for classics or for sports cars or whatever however they had it uh, broken up and i was always looking for a used delorean and i remember one time one came up and it was only only quote unquote like ten thousand dollars which was like the lowest i had ever seen one go for and i'm like i wonder what i would have to do to get ten thousand dollars <laughs> Probably like 14 or 15 year old me who wasn't even old enough to drive yet. But sure. I was obsessed, absolutely obsessed with getting one. Never did. Well, remember, if you paint my sword, you get five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll put that in the DeLorean fund. Yeah. yeah, this one was cool. It looked, it had the Mr. Fusion and everything on top. It was cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Remember when Jennifer from Autoland, the salesman lady, when she got married, her husband was a huge Back to the Future fan and they had a DeLorean and a dock at their wedding. Oh wow! Yeah, that's going the extra mile right there. Seemed very out of place if for you know. her. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that must have been one of the uh, one of the asks. You know, like a non-negotiable. Right. He gave up. He, he gave up his right to answer every other question about the wedding 
But here's my must. Here's my writer. Right. Green M and M's and Doc Brown. Bond's yeah. brand whiskey. Yeah. yeah. It is cool when you see stuff like that. I, I've seen like uh, Jurassic Park cars, you know, a couple times. I thought it was always pretty cool. I've seen an Ecto 1. We've seen an Ecto 1, which is pretty yeah. cool. Um, and then just seeing a time machine, you're just like, fuck yeah, man. I, I, I buy it. Yeah, yeah, I, saw, I, I saw a like, Jeep the other day that was said the Jurassic Park logos on it. That's cool. I've seen just one. Dri- park- drive to Del Taco. <laughs> I've seen one in the parking lot of my work that a student must have uh, uh, done himself. It was pretty cool. Um, anytime we go to a convention, uh, especially like the ones over in Long Beach, I remember they had like a whole little strip in front of the convention center where people would park their cars. We saw like the, the Ninja Turtle van and the Scooby-Doo van and mm-hmm. um, Rider. all sorts of Knight Rider, uh, the 66 Batmobile, tons of stuff. that 18 <laughs> The A-Team van? Sure, why not, man? I wouldn't get too close to that van. You are in that shit. It's edgy. The closest thing I ever had to a picture car was my motorcycle and sidecar, a la Last Crusade. There you go. My car is an Admiral Akbar car. That's true. That's like on the license plate. Like one of those random Hot Wheels that are just <laughs> painted after a character, and you're like, why is this a thing? <laughs> I have two Admiral Akbar Hot Wheels, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Same hot oil, but they put it in two different packages. I'm like, God damn it. That's funny. <laughs> I gotta get it. Gotta yeah. get it for the shrine. Yeah, there's a white one that has just a picture of Emma Akbar, and there's another one. It's got like a space background. It's got Emma Akbar, and I'm like, it's the same car. And then I have like two of them loose. So it's a problem. Yeah. That's cool. We should do a list on best cars from TV shows or movies. I just like told most- you it was the Admiral Akbar Hot Wheel. Most iconic <laughs> cars type of thing. Yeah, well, maybe we can do that next week. Yeah, it'd be fun Unless if we, we all made our own lists because we uh, we all have very different tastes. That's true. And maybe we take the DeLorean from Back to the Future off the list because that's all of our number ones. <laughs> right. Mine's I'll take the Pontiac the Aztec. From, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Mine's going to be the tank from the end of Last Crusade. Oh, that's <laughs> a good one. Or the flying wing from Raiders. Oh, that's a big decision. Well, vehicles, right? Not just cars. Yeah, vehicles will work. That's fine. I really like um like uh the Aston Martin from Goldfinger is pretty badass. That's a pretty one. Ecto one's a good one. I don't want to That was one of my all, favorite but... things about the, the new Bond trailer was seeing the the old Aston Martin, the D B five from the old Connery movies. Mm-hmm. Just seeing that thing back in action. Oh god, that's a sucky Oh, for sure. God, I love seeing that. <laughs> the Queen family truckster in Metallica. <laughs> Oh my god. You think he ate it now? What are you doing? He's driving. <laughs> Is the car still on? No, no, it's it sounds a mix. I want it complete Arctic. with like the honky lips spray paint yeah. on the side. He's like Arctic Blue. You didn't order Metallic P? Metallic P? No, Arctic Blue. That's so ridiculous. Where's my car? Dude. Man, Eugene Levy too, right? Yeah. That guy, that guy's been been making movies forever. Yeah, and so then he came funny. back with American Pie and had a like total resurgence. He was in like every movie from like uh, was it like ninety nine to two thousand five. He was in like a million movies, and yeah. then he came back with Shit's Creek. Now he's in like well, now he's in like a million commercials. What's funny about Shit's Creek too is though is that you know him and and Catherine O'Hara you know they've they've known each other almost their whole fucking lives, dude. I mean, they were in that. That Canadian show, uh, SCTV. SCTV, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, with John Candy I mean, and all that. That's in the seventies too, man. Rick, Rick Moranis. That's crazy. Yeah, they Second uh, city man. That's... If you watch like the Netflix documentaries on like the final season of Shit's Creek and like their look back, and uh, it was um, Eugene Levy had to like go like beg Catherine Harris like he's like, look, he uses a favor. It's, this is my kid's show. He wants to do this. Uh, I just want you to shoot the pilot. You don't have to be in the series. Blah 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 blah. And uh, they shot the pilot and they had the show. And he's like, I have to ask you before we cast, do you want to be in it? And then, like, uh, I guess uh, Dan Levy's like a total like fashionista. And so he kind of like pitched around the idea of, let me just tell you, you'll never have a better wardrobe ever in your life than you will on the show. <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously she's known them forever. So she, she did it. And she's so funny as Mora Rose and shit's great. <laughs> she's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. That was, I, I just binged that whole series earlier this year. Oh my God. So good. It's like a show you have to like live in. Like uh like the first like four couple episodes I wasn't like like I just didn't get it. And uh but after you just like live in it for like uh like 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 three to four or five episodes, like it's just is like just in your bones and you Yeah, it's so more. good. Yeah. yeah. And Chris Elliott's in it, and he's like my hero. I fucking oh my love God, that yeah. guy. Roman shit. <laughs> Roman shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they okay, so Eugene Levy and Catherine Hare, you know, they were in Second City from 1976. Uh, she was on until 79, I think. He was off. He was on until 81. But I mean, that's 45 years they have been, you know, had a professional career together. That's that's a long. That's that's like a a work wife. That's a that's a long time. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty incredible. Probably yeah. outlasted some marriages too, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, since the seventies. Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, I mean, that show had everybody: Harold Ramis, fucking Rick Moranis. My gosh! Oh yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening to another fun and festive episode of the Geek Like I Say podcast. Remember to check out, of course, the Escape Pod, which is so much fun. Oh my god, we're almost done with season one of Star Trek The Next Generation. My goodness. And uh, this one was, uh, was pretty good, and I'm looking forward to talking about it. So there's that. Then, of course, you have Don't Be Crazy, hosted by Mr. Zachary Rancourt. So be sure to check those out and have a wonderful rest of your week and you keep rock and rolling. Thank you so much.